It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back into another episode here, Locked on Broncos. The final day of February here, Friday, February 28th, all across Broncos country from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, Cody Rourke, NFL analyst and Broncos insider for the Locked on NFL Network. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL. And also, guys, want you to text me at 303-529-6323. Add yourself to my contacts by texting me at that number. Talk Broncos football, NFL draft, life, whatever else you can think of uh, join the hundreds of Broncos fans have been engaging in this every single day. It's been fun. Love doing it. Uh, but obviously today, it's Friday. It's the day after the first official NFL scouting combine workouts. We witnessed the quarterbacks, the tight ends, and the wide receivers do work yesterday. What does that mean? What if we learned a day later who stood out and whose stock has risen a little bit that we had expected, you know, was kind of a little under the radar. You know, I gave a little bit of a mock draft on yesterday's episode, Lockdown Broncos, one of the wide receivers I selected his stock rose after his performance at the NFL Scouting Combine. So we break down some of the biggest performances and our takeaways. And I asked Broncos Country a question on Twitter about whether or not they would trade two of their three third-round picks to be able to move up to select Henry Ruggs. And we share some of the responses. Uh, a lot of people were not very happy with that. A lot of people said no, but I, I like to engage and dive a little bit into it, as well as talk about the myth of the 40-yard dash and, and really what to really look for when it comes to the wide receiver position. So we're going to do that all on today's jam-packed episode of Locked on Broncos. So ladies and gentlemen, it's time for kickoff here on the show. Uh, some Broncos bits before we get into the NFL Combine talk and uh, throughout the uh, the circulation of workouts and 40-yard dash times, there is some Broncos news that we are going to discuss here. First off, the Broncos will be going in a little bit of a different direction with a couple of players going into the 2020 season. They will not be bringing back linebacker Corey Nelson, who they had brought in prior to week one last year against the Oakland Raiders on the road due to injury to Todd Davis. Davis. They got Todd Davis back and then Corey Nelson suffered a biceps injury. He was out for the remainder of the season. The Broncos will not be bringing him back. I want to wish Corey Nelson the best in his future endeavors in the NFL. Hope he can catch on with another team. I mean, he was a Super Bowl champion with the Denver Broncos. He was a very key special teams player. He got a lot of rise a little bit in 2016 playing some inside linebacker. I mean, arguably he was the best Broncos inside linebacker that could cover in 2016. Then he went on to the Philadelphia Eagles for a year. Things didn't work out there. Found himself back in Denver. Uh, him and his wife are phenomenal human beings. Love interacting with them and wish Corey Nelson and his family the best going forward. And whatever it is that they do, 
Also, the Denver Broncos are going to be going a different direction at the defensive end position and really a position, too, where they could lose three potential DNs if Derek Wolf, Shelby Harris um, are gone. But the Broncos will not be bringing back Adam Gottes, who underwent ACL surgery, tore his ACL last year and through a good portion of the first part of the season, was equated to a lot of the Broncos' struggles on the defensive line in terms of teams running the ball very well against them. He got pushed back often at times. Uh, you know, he found himself benched and he didn't complain or he didn't pound. That's something that Vic Fangio really applauded him for you know he was a true professional uh, but unfortunately you know he, he was able to work his way back in the lineup and he played a lot better once he got back but you know he tore his ACL he's in the final year of his deal and the Broncos are looking to go a different direction so Adam Gatsas wish the best for him going forward with whatever he does and I know the ACL injuries are always tough I know what that's exactly like it's it suck I sympathize with players um, so hopefully Adam Gatsas can catch on somewhere and get an opportunity definitely uh, hoping that for him and in other news too at the cornerback position the Broncos they will not be offering a tender to cornerback Devontae Bosby who you know he was playing well for about a game and a half he came in against the uh, the Green Bay Packers and had some pretty good coverage against Devontae Adams and then in the Los Angeles Chargers game he had some good coverage against Mike Williams and then all of a sudden you know he gets friendly fired by Alexander Johnson one of those freak plays that had happened and he found himself temporarily paralyzed uh, for about 30 minutes and so he didn't play the rest of 2019 Uh, from what I've been told he's 100% ready to go for 2020 uh, but the Broncos will not be offering him a tender so the Broncos could look at bringing him back probably for cheaper and they won't have to maybe give up a little bit of a tender for another team that might make an offer for him Uh, but what we've been told is the Broncos cornerback room is expected to be completely different in the year 2020 and this could be a big change too I mean without if the Broncos don't bring back Devontae Bosby which I still think that there is a lot of um, mix for him to kind of play with this team I I feel like there's still a little bit of a role he can play Um, I'd be intrigued to see if they decide to even look at bringing him back I feel like he'd be a great fit in Vic Fangio's defense but obviously we're going to wait and see what happens in terms of their changes the Broncos are expected to target some free agent cornerbacks or also be looking at the NFL draft to some prospects uh, but the room is going to look very different going into 2020 um, Isaac Adam will be back for the Broncos more than likely uh, but at this point in time it's it's looking at what are you going to be doing with Chris Harris Jr you're going to try to the Broncos are going to try to make an offer to keep him and if not they're going to pursue a free agent signing they're going to try to pursue Byron Jones uh, but like I said the Broncos is going to have a ton of competition for him um, and I don't know if they can convince a guy like Byron Jones to come to Denver on the given fact that he's going to see some offers from some teams that are contending right now and you know I think that's what you, when you look at the X's and O's you boil it all down that's where you got to take a look at where the Broncos have a significant need and I think all of a sudden you know cornerback becomes the number one priority for this Broncos defense uh, via free agency via the NFL draft you have to address it and you have to have some star power if you rely on a lot of young guys in the division AFC West where you're going against Tyreek Hill uh, it's going to be a very, very hard time to have some success or to maybe win some football games, you know, relying a lot on young guys. You need some star power there. And that brings in, you know, we talked about Darius Slay, the idea of a potential trade, uh, doing whatever you can to keep Chris Harris Jr. It keeps that star power there as well. Also bringing in maybe Prince of Mukamara uh, for some depth there alongside Bryce Callahan. Look, the Broncos, uh, they're going to revamp that position a little bit going into 2020. When we find out more information, we'll let you guys know as well. Plus, the Broncos, they've reached out to Derek Wolf's agent at the NFL Scout and Combine in Indianapolis and reports according to Mike Kliss of Nine News Denver said that the first meeting between the two parties went very well so I mean some warrant there I know that there was something posted on Instagram by uh, Johnny Bolin not really going to dive too much into that not my place to discuss that but he had posted a text message saying that text message screenshot from Derek Wolf saying that this was my last year as a Bronco it's 
been fun, blah, 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 blah. You know, stuff like that. Just some stuff along the lines that didn't make too much sense. And then all of a sudden this comes out that, uh, you know, the, the meeting with Derek Wolf's agent went really well. So I, I'm not going to buy into that hype right there. Um, I think that the Broncos want Derek Wolf back. Derek Wolf wants to be back in Denver. Uh, obviously not going to be taking a hometown discount. So we're going to see how things kind of go out in terms of the negotiation process. Once uh, the team gets back from the combine starting next week, they're going to start contacting agents of impending unrestricted free agents. Uh, but the team also has interest in bringing back veteran outside linebacker Jeremiah Atauchu, who in 2019, he came in for the Denver Broncos, provided a great role as a relief guy, role player, three and a half sacks in 2019. He's a great relief guy for Bradley Chubb and Von Miller, because look, you don't want those guys on the field at all times. You want to be able to spell them a little bit. And Jeremiah Atauchu is very reliable. Vic Fangio loves him a lot, uh, loves what he's been able to do, and he earned his respect. I mean, at first, you know, Atauchu was trying to get the respect of Vic Fangio. It wasn't working at first, and then he started making plays, and then Vic Fangio started to love him a little bit. So uh, the Broncos look to bring him back into the fold next year, and it would be great for the Broncos defense, in my opinion, to bring him back. And then uh, our final Broncos tidbit here before we get into the NFL Combine talk is that the Kansas City Chiefs, they placed the franchise tag on Chris Jones. So that ends all Broncos fans' hope that the team would pursue him this summer, and he would command a lot of money, to be honest with you. If the Broncos were going to try to throw some money at him, uh, it would be probably in the asking price where the Broncos probably would not feel super comfortable doling out that much cash uh, for a guy like him at that position. So uh, the Chiefs bring him back, so the Broncos are going to have to deal with him uh, in, in terms of the offensive scheme when he goes against them every single year in the AFC West two times a year. Patrick Mahomes versus uh, Drew Locke. And when Drew Locke's on the field, Chris Jones is going to try to get after him a little bit there. So the Broncos miss out on that, which is perfectly okay as they look to revamp other areas of their roster in NFL free agency coming up here in March, which is just about 19 days away exactly on the 18th. Everything's going to be rocking and rolling and locked on here. Free agency frenzy, locked on Broncos. But ladies and gentlemen, before we get into our NFL combine talk about what we saw yesterday with the quarterbacks, the wide receivers, a little bit about the tight ends. Before we get into all that discussion, I got to tell you guys, to check out Lockdown Nuggets, hosted by Adam Matez. And uh, Adam does a great job bringing you the X's and O's, the pick and rolls, and the ball is often popping when he's on the microphone talking about your Denver Nuggets. If you're a Denver sports fan, you already listen to Lockdown Broncos, you need to add Lockdown Nuggets to your rotation on the Lockdown Podcast Network. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Lockdown NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the talk of yesterday, I mean, I think we were all looking forward to it. It was almost like Christmas Day when we woke up on Thursday morning. We had a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, and we were talking about the NFL scouting combine, the official workouts between the quarterbacks, the wide receivers, and the tight ends. And let me tell you this, though. The tight end portion of the combine was almost the worst. It was like the undercard. I believe it was Mike Mayock. Somebody um, had said it was like the undercard, and we were all waiting for the main event to start, and that's the quarterbacks and the wideouts. And, and certainly that was the case, too. And, and I want to give my thoughts 
thoughts a little bit on what I saw, what I took away from it, uh, and, and give you obviously some statistics, some numbers, and how does this impact the Broncos draft board or maybe where they're looking in this year's NFL draft? Starting off here at the quarterback position, you know, the Broncos are not in the market for a quarterback, but two quarterbacks that really stood out to me during the NFL combine in terms of what they were able to do, Justin Herbert and Jalen Hurts in the throwing portion of the day and also in the 40-yard dash, I felt had a tremendous day. You know, for Herbert being six foot six, Jalen Hurts being athletic, and and some teams asking him if he'd be open to changing positions. I'm so glad that he said no. I'm a you know I'm a quarterback. You know I'm a team guy first, but I'm a quarterback. And uh, he had a really good day throwing the football. Those two quarterbacks, Herbert and Jalen Hurts, were the te- uh, the two best quarterbacks in terms of the throwing period on the short routes, the intermediate routes, and also the long ball. Uh, Justin Herbert, his first deep ball was a little uh, high and a little behind the receiver. The receiver had to stop on a dime to be able to get it. Uh, the first the last two attempts after that were perfect. Jalen Hurts, ball placement was great, especially on the post corner routes. These two uh, were neck and neck. The slant routes, the hitches, the comebacks, all these stuff. The Broncos think would have definitely looked at him if they weren't in the market for a quarterback. But uh, unfortunately, you know they got to keep an eye on the situation as the Los Angeles Chargers might be in the market for a guy like Justin Herbert. Look, he's very accurate. He showed that. He showed the touch in the NFL scouting combine. We'll see a little bit more at the pro day for him at the University of Oregon. Uh, but to keep an eye on in terms of the AFC West and how things might play play out. Also, Jalen Hurts. You know, I would not be surprised if Jalen Hurts, if, if he's in a top 15 player, he doesn't go in the top 10 in the Oakland, uh, the Oakland, the Las Vegas Raiders are picking. Man, I tell you what, it'd be really hard, I think, for John Gruden to pass up Jalen Hurts. I really do believe that. Um, there is some worry, though, that the Las Vegas Raiders would select a wide receiver in terms of Henry Ruggs III. That, to me, is where my concerns kind of fall into place a little bit, just because of the fact that, look, the Broncos have to go against uh, you know a guy like Tyreek Hill, and then also you add in another speed guy like Henry Ruggs, who is a very fluid route runner. He's special, probably one of the most special players in the issues of the NFL draft. And I'll tell you guys about how he did at the NFL Combine coming up here in just a moment. But one player that stood out to me too in terms of the wide receiver group uh, that could be asked to convert to tight end. There's been some talk on Twitter about it and that's wide receiver Chase Claypool from Notre Dame. Now, the one thing I was looking at when I was getting ready to watch him run the 40-yard dash, I looked at the stat sheet and it says he's six foot four, 238 pounds. I was like, okay, you know, he's probably going to run anywhere between like a, you know, 4.6. No, this dude ran a 4.4340 yard dash and that's not even the most impressive part about what he's able to do too. I mean that's impressive for a guy that is almost 240 pounds at six foot four running that type of speed that's phenomenal. But the one thing that stands out to me as well about him was his vertical jump and he had a 40 and a half inch vertical. Pretty impressive there. So for him, you know, there could be some talk. He's been asked to maybe convert to tight end. Some people have floated that idea out there on Twitter. I don't know if that's actually going to happen, but look, he's a sizable guy. He's fast, he's physical, and he's got hops. He could be a perfect red zone threat for some team. Is he going to be in the market for the Denver Broncos? More than likely not. And we're going to talk about some other Broncos prospects coming up here in just a second. So as we get into the 40-yard dash portion thing, we all came into it. We thought about it this way. We thought, like, okay, Henry Ruggs is going to come in. He's going to shatter the NFL scouted combine record for the 40-yard dash. That was previously set by John Ross. He ran a 4.22. There was expectations that he would run a 4.21. Regardless, when you watch Henry Ruggs run the 40-yard dash, Gosh dang, man. I tell you what, this guy is fast. 
He is fast. I mean, his get off was fast when he was running it. It was fast. It was the next. It was next level fast. We haven't seen that type of speed in a long time. And he's a physical presence as well. And and to kind of spill the beans already for you guys, Henry Ruggs. And I, I did a live stream on YouTube, Cody Rourke NFL, and also on Periscope. We did it for over three and a half hours. So if you join that, I appreciate that. It was really fun. But everybody was waiting for Henry Ruggs to run his forty yard dash. So when he got out there the first time, right before he was about to go up, you could definitely tell uh, he was a little nervous. There was some nerves there. It looked like he was kind of getting into the pits of his stomach a little bit. You could kind of feel the tension that he had there, the anxiousness approaching it. And then his first get off was, uh, you know, he, he went about four yards and then he came back. He kind of stopped and restarted it. So, you know, I, I don't have anything wrong with that. I mean, that's just nerves right there for a guy. The pressure was on him. I mean, all the talk about him shattering the NFL combine for the 40, that put a lot of pressure on him. And, uh, you know, I think he responded really well because, look, this guy ran a 4.27 official 40-yard dash. 4.27 and I also seen some tweets out there from people saying that look you know he's not as fast as everybody said he was going to be like I don't know if you realize this uh, but 4.27 in a 40 yard dash that is unbelievable that is next level talent that is unheard of really in a lot of situations so if you don't think it's that fast uh, or even if that 4.4 is not that fast uh, then I really truly question whether or not you know how to evaluate speed that's my biggest thing now um, in terms of we're going to go over the 40 yard dash here some of the results from some of these players but then we're also going to talk about the miss of the 40-yard dash. What does it mean for the NFL in general? Um, and how does it translate? Like, how much do you really take into consideration the value of a 40-yard dash? I think it's super important that we look at all those things there. But in terms of that, yeah, Henry Ruggs, 4.27 official 40-yard dash. Uh, a guy that I had mocked to the Denver Broncos in yesterday's Locked On Broncos podcast, Denzel Mims, wide receiver out of Baylor. He also had an impressive day at the NFL Scouting Combine. His 40-yard dash, he ran a 4 point three eight his stock has risen a little bit he was projected as a second third round player well now I think he's going to go early in the second round heck he could propel himself into a first round pick it really depends on some of the teams that are taking a look at him and I tell you what look I, I would not be mad at all if the Denver Broncos selected Denzel Mims. If Henry Ruggs, CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy, these other guys were off the board for the uh, the Denver Broncos, then I would be certainly okay with them selecting a Denzel Mims out of Baylor. Now, another guy that impressed me in the 40-yard dash to his stock rose a little bit, and that's LSU's Justin Jefferson, who ran a 4.43 40-yard dash. Um, officially, at first, the unofficial time was 4.44, but he ran a 4.43. He had a pretty good drill in the gauntlet drill. He did really well there. Uh, you know, he'd be a guy that I'd be perfectly okay with the Denver Broncos selecting. I think he'd be a great possession receiver. He could line him up in the slot. He could line him up on the outside. I do believe that he would be a good fit for this Broncos offense, and, and maybe there is some hope that they might select him. You know, if, if some certain guys don't go uh, in the in the manner in which that I think they're going to go, I, look, I think guys like Jalen Rager propelled themselves up to the first round. If it's not the mid-first round, the end of the first round. Uh, and you know, I think this could be the NFL draft where you see four to five wide receivers go in the first round. I really do believe that's possible here uh, just to highlight a few but I think the Broncos if they're going to stick with the speed element now if you don't if you miss out on a guy like Henry Ruggs or CeeDee Lamb or Jerry Judy which is highly likely you know there is Denzel Mims who we just mentioned 4.38 but I'd be perfectly okay with Justin Jefferson at 4.43 on a 40 yard dash Uh, some other guys we're going to get to too Jalen Rager ran a 4.47 and the the common consensus on Twitter on draft Twitter is that Jalen Rager LaVisca Chanel, who ran a 4.59. I'm going to talk about him extensively here in just a moment. And Brandon Ayuk out of Arizona State, who ran a 4.51. These guys, their 40 times don't represent literally how fast they play the game of football, which I, I think when you go back and you watch film, it's absolutely 
Correct. Like LaVisca Chenault, for example, I don't know if he should have ran the 40 yard dash. Now hear me out. I, I know this was a big, uh, big portion for him to be able to do in the NFL scouting combine to kind of showcase himself a little bit. I believe his bread and butter, if he was only going to run the 40 yard dash, he was going to showcase that. Uh, but to be honest with you, I feel like he should have waited for the pro day. If he's got that medical condition uh, on his pubic bone where his muscles and his groin area tighten up and they can overstretch and, and it can cause a lot of pain and discomfort. I, I felt as if it was risky for him to run the 40 yard dash. Now, if I was his agent, I probably would have said, hey, you know, I'd like you to hold out of the NFL scout and combine or showcase at the end, at your pro day at CU. Uh, but out, outside of that, he just looked off. He didn't run a second attempt on the 40 yard dash, which to me, you know, did he re-aggravate something? I mean, it opens up a whole nother uh, box of questions. I think that all of us have to try to ponder with ourselves. Now, if he did re-aggravate his injury, if people are really concerned about his medicals, then more than likely he's going to drop out as a first round talent. He might be a mid round two or even early round three. It really depends on how far he falls down the board if there are some serious concerns about his medical history obviously and where he's at with his current condition I think that's what we got to talk about exclusively here because he, you know he's a local guy posed to CU he's a guy that can he's a hybrid he can play running back he can play inside the slot he can play on the outside he's a very talented football player and we just did, we're not going to see the value of him running the 40 yard dash it doesn't say like what he ran at 4.59 that does not dictate the value what LaVisca Chanel can bring to the table but the biggest concern like I mentioned, is obviously his health, and that's a big concern there. Brandon Ayuk as well would be a very phenomenal pickup, in my opinion, for the Denver Broncos. Even if he ran a 4.51, I think he could be a uh, a pretty good developmental piece for the Broncos. And look, he's he's got a, a pretty good uh, wingspan. Um, he can outstretch a little bit for a pass in front of him. Drew Locke, if he's got a big arm, can float it down the sideline. Um, I watched him against the University of Oregon uh, this past season, and I tell you what, you know, Ayuk is a very fun talent to watch. I think his stock rose a little bit as well. I do believe, though, that he's going to propel himself. He's going to be a top of the second round draft pick uh, for somebody. So let's see how the board falls for the Denver Broncos. And I'm eager to hear who'd you select out of these numbers too. When we look at four yard dash rugs, Mims, Jefferson, Rager, Brandon Ayak, and LaVisca Chenault. What are your thoughts on these players that I just mentioned there? Eager for your feedback. Um, and we're going to continue this conversation coming back here in just a moment. But before we do that, I got to remind you guys to check on Locked On NFL hosted by Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson. Look, the NFL draft is approaching. We have free agency frenzy coming up. Don't forget in April, we have a very, very big announcement. We've got the Locked On NFL Draft with every single local expert on the Locked On NFL Network with the experts of their local teams giving you the scoop, doing a mock draft and playing it out here on the podcast for you guys to listen to on Locked On NFL. And Matt Williams and Brian Peacock do a phenomenal job giving you the daily ins and outs of what's going on in the National Football League. Check it out today. Locked On NFL on the Locked On NFL Network. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. Think of all the amazing things in life that are expressions of you, your favorite football team, what you wear to the playoff watch party, that song that you stream over and over to get you pumped up for the gym, or the recommendations that you share with your friends on the top six comedy podcasts that are best to listen to on a long road trip, or even your new haircut, which may or may not be an epic ball cut from the 90s and hopefully is. Everything that makes you, you makes all the difference. State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. Your plan, your coverage selections can be personalized by you. And the ability to choose the plan you want by picking the options that fit you, like choosing to bundle your home and auto policies, is what the State Farm Personal Price Plan is all about. Getting the coverage you want at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. 
Continuing our NFL Combine takeaways from yesterday, what were we able to see, too? We just talked about the 40-yard dash. Obviously, Henry Ruggs was the top guy, 4.27. Denzel Mims, a 4.38 40-yard dash. Justin Jefferson, 4.43. Jalen Rager, 4.47. LaVisca Chenault, the CU ties there, local Colorado guy, 4.59. Brandon Ayuk out of Arizona State, 4.51. These are potential Broncos targets that we have mentioned. There's some other targets as well, but we'll see how the board falls and how interest kind of gains a little bit as well. Uh, But keep and I here too. Let's talk about the vertical jump. This is where the impressive uh, statistics sort of came out. And Michigan's Donovan Peoples-Jones, he had a 44 and a half inch vertical. I mean, that is unbelievable. That is hops out of the freaking gym. That's ridiculous. And just to kind of put it into perspective, you know, for him, what it was like for him, the guys that were behind him, uh, two potential Broncos targets as well. Henry Ruggs had a 42 inch vert and Jalen Rager had a 42 inch vert as well. So really thinking about Donovan Peoples-Jones, who is is lengthy. Him being able to get 44 and a half, that's pretty damn special. And alongside Henry Ruggs and Jalen Rager's performance as well, the vertical route of those guys who aren't necessarily the tallest wide receivers, that is pretty special in and of itself. Brandon Ayuk as well, 40 inch vert for him. Denzel Mims, a speedy guy out of Baylor who ran a 4.3840. He had a 38 and a half inch vertical and LSU's Justin Jefferson, he jumped at a 37 and a half inch vertical. So, you know, looking at some of the potential Broncos prospects, these are good numbers. I would be okay with any of these guys coming to the Denver Broncos. Um, I think it fits to a need. The Broncos need to build this team through the NFL draft on offense. Now, at this point in time, I wouldn't be surprised if they add a wide receiver in NFL free agency, maybe, you know, a Robbie Anderson or or somebody else. They could take a look at a variety of different targets. But, you know, I think the NFL draft primary number one is they're going to be looking at wide receiver. And if some of the top wide receivers aren't there and they feel like they might get a guy in the second round, look for them to go best defensive player available by chance. I think that might be the formula of how the Broncos draft will play out. Now, obviously, we'll see once it approaches. We're about literally a month and a half away uh, for the NFL draft. So there's a lot of discussion. There's a lot of time in between now and then. So I'm looking forward to revisiting this episode once the NFL draft approaches, once we know what we know, and comparing where we were at. In terms of the broad jump as well, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones dominated that as well with 11 feet and 7 inches, and that's pretty special. Jalen Rager came in at 11 feet 6 inches. Uh, So right there, you take a look at Rager. Uh, I think that right there put him into the first round he could be a mid first round pick or maybe even the end of round number one I would not be surprised if he goes mid round number one uh, for the NFL draft I think he's a very special player his ability for the broad jump uh, running the gauntlet he's got the ability not only just with the speed on the straightaway he's got the ability to stop on a dime plant his foot in the ground and cut and, and maneuver I think that's what NFL teams are looking at and a lot of people were saying in the NFL scouting combine is that they were looking for the next Debo Samuel is it really going to be that I mean there's some comparisons and things that you can make like that. I, I'm not a big fan of making player comparisons based on, you know, a guy's, uh, you know, size or, you know, his look in terms of the football field. How I do my player comparisons is based on measurables um, and, and how exactly they perform in the NFL scout and combine, things like that, how they look in their workouts. There's different things you can compare, but I don't think you can really compare two people and how they play. I think that measurables, statistics, things like that are the best way to do just that. So Jalen Rager, though, his stock has risen. Denzel Mims also had a 10 foot and 11 inch broad jump. That's pretty special. Henry Ruggs, 10 foot, 11 inch as well. Brandon Ayuk, 10 foot, 8 inch broad jump as well. So let me take a look at these numbers. Ladies and gentlemen, I mean, it is crazy the output of what these guys were able to do. So I was really entertained. Like I mentioned, I did a three and a half hour live stream on Periscope and YouTube. Cody Rourke NFL. If you guys want to go back and recap,
recap that. I mean, we talked a lot about the scouting combine and and the quarterbacks. You know, I think, uh, you know, like I mentioned, my final takeaways were that, you know, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, those two guys had the best days throwing the football, in my opinion, out of the quarterback position group. Um, and outside of that, too, I think Henry Ruggs dominated the 40-yard dash. I mean, things that we were not surprised about, but really Jalen Rager solidified why I believe that he's going to be a first-round talent, not a second-round talent. I don't think he's going to be available in round number two in the Broncos play. So I think that they really got to take a look at what they're going to be doing at pick number 15, especially if certain players fall off the board for them. And I actually wanted to pose you guys a little bit of a response here on uh, Twitter. We posted after Henry Ruggs ran an unofficial 4.284 yard dash. Um, I, I listed what he ran. I said he won't be there for Denver at 15. If you were the Broncos, do you entertain trading two of your third rounders to move up? And the common consensus, I got a lot of no, hell no. The sad Broncos fan Ryan Max says all damn day. Newhouse Nate says love the speed, but I'd be okay with Denzel Mims or Jalen Rager. I absolutely would too. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would be perfectly okay with Denzel Mims or Jalen Rager in a Denver Broncos uniform if Henry Ruggs was not there. Scotty Coleman says not at all. He's not worth that. Dean Lamb says it's the most wide receiver talent in like 20 years, right? Probably silly when we need as much help as we do. Dude is mean though. He was just getting started as it was over. And then uh, Scott Cochran says that's faster than Tyreek without the baggage. I would I would love to have that counter Kansas City speed. I say yes. Tyler Lampkin says nope. This wide receiver class is too deep to be trading up for a wide receiver. Jacob Anderson says, I don't see why not, but at the same time, it's not necessary. My man, Mile High Memory says, hell yes. Bulgarian says, absolutely. Stephen Curtis says, two, hell no. One third round pick, hell yes. Uh, O'Mims, who I love, ran a 4.4 at six foot three, 207 pounds. And then Christopher Allen followed up by saying, and he just ran a 4.39. I am liking Mims more and more. And Denzel Mims, I mentioned him as my second round pick for the Denver Broncos yesterday in my mock draft. Uh, I, I would like him in Denver. I would be perfectly okay with Denzel Mims or Jalen Rager uh, to the Denver Broncos if in case that Henry Woggs were not there or Jerry Judy or CeeDee Lamb. I, I really think there's a lot of options there. Steven Chris says, for me, I guess it comes down to who goes in front of him. If Judy or Lamb looks like they'll fall to Denver, no. But if they go before and it still looks like Ruggs won't make it, then go get him. Get one of those three. Absolutely. I I, I do like that. I, I, there's a lot of great responses here. Um, let's see here. Nate says, to pick nine or ten, one of those thirds and a day three pick gets it done most likely. I know the argument will be it's a deep class, but I think this kid is different. On this team, the Broncos right now, he changes the entire complexion of this offense overnight. And I certainly agree. He really does. You add him into the mix, the Broncos offense all of a sudden uh, becomes very very favorable on paper. It's going to be hard for defenses to cover a guy with that type of speed and factor in Cortland Sutton and a guy like Tim Patrick who has the size as well on the outside and, and you have another option at Noah Fant. I mean, the, the sky could be the limit for this Broncos offense and Henry Ruggs would propel them all the way to New Heights. So a lot of interesting feedback and, and I certainly welcome all the, the discussion, the debates, the agreements or disagreements. I mean, that's what it's all about. In Broncos country, I appreciate you guys here on this Friday for tuning in to another episode of Locked On Broncos. As we mentioned, the defensive backs will be working on Sunday. I'm going to be keying in on that. I'll be doing a live stream when the defensive backs are on the field doing their 40-yard dash and also their drills. Plus, former Broncos safety Nick Ferguson joins me on the show on Monday to discuss the defensive backs, how they performed at the NFL Scouting Combine. And then next week, we're also going to be joined by Nikki Javala of The Athletic. She does a phenomenal job. Great friend of mine in the media. Appreciate all the work that she does and looking forward to talking with her. She also hosts a 
podcast at Mile High Magic with a CBS forward Michael Spencer. Be sure to check out that action as well. So look forward to having Nick and Nikki on the show leading up into next week here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast. And I've got 10 pairs of Lockdown Broncos socks coming in and I've got some really cool ideas to do giveaways. So stay tuned, Broncos country. Appreciate you guys as always. And thank you for staying locked on to the Lockdown Broncos podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.